pick in the 2017 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select Taylor Lynch and Lewis Metzinger. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 But now I know What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night. It's Taylor Lynch. It's Lewis Metzinger. It's draft night, everybody. We got a lot of stuff we're going to get into on the show tonight. Uh, of course, please share the podcast out. If you're listening on iTunes, it's really simple to do. Uh, just click the bottom and share it out. Also, you can hit us up on Twitter at The Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, and at Lewis Metzinger. Lewis, what's going on, my man? What's up, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. Would you, uh, <laughs> what'd you think of the intro there? I was definitely not expecting that. <laughs> You gave me no heads up on that, so. Well, you, you kind of did, but I didn't know what to expect, so I, it was great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I tried to, I tried to take a page out of your book, and. Um, well, it was close. I mean, it, nothing's as good as what you do, man. But I just, I tried, I tried a little bit on that one. It was a valiant effort. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I really do. And all of the uh, sarcasm that dripped from that statement, too. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, So, yeah, so it's draft night. Um, Lamar Jackson, Jair Alexander, both figure to be first-round picks. Um, The draft is actually going to start tonight at 8 o'clock on ESPN and on uh, Fox WDRB here in Louisville. Um, I'm watching, as we're doing the show, this college game day goes to the NFL draft thing that they tried to do this year and Hmm. I don't hate it Um, it's basically rehashing what made everybody great in college but it's not bad I mean I don't I don't dislike it so that's going on behind us uh, as we do the show here tonight so a couple things to get into obviously we're going to talk draft Uh, we're going to talk this NCAA stuff as well Um, the commission on college basketball met uh, and came up with some brilliant brilliant ideas (laughs) so yeah some ideas that uh, I think a couple of them maybe on the surface look like decent ideas but um, really just some some terrible ideas in in general but um so we'll get into that a little bit as well um kind of leading things off though lewis let's let's throw some credit and some praise where credit's due your brother ben uh, officially signing his letter of intent yesterday um to be a member of the louisville cardinals baseball team for next season so congrats again to ben um we're excited about that how was the uh, ceremony yesterday it was uh, well obviously i've never been to one before so um i didn't you know have any expectations really but it was cool i mean they had all the baseball players up there i think there were probably six of them um but he was the only one um bellerman's not division one are they uh no okay i don't think so he was the only one going to a d1 school in that group which was really cool nice um so it was fun. Um, we got to take pictures and stuff. It was it was a really short, you know, yeah. like you'd expect, but it was cool. Well, good for him, man. We're excited. Um, he will definitely 
he's going to give some people a run for their money next year, in my opinion. And that's just maybe I'm a little biased, but I mean, I've watched. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely biased, and and I, I'm with you there. I've watched Ben play, and and he's definitely got some skill, man. So. Dad and I were actually breaking down the roster and figuring out where he was going to play, and you know, was he going to, you know, get some spot starts at catcher and midweek games, or is he going to come off the bench and pinch hit uh, next season? So, I don't know. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, Louisville baseball definitely got a good one yesterday, and Ben Metzinger, he officially signed his letter of intent. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this draft tonight, Lewis. Obviously, like I said at the top, Lamar Jackson, Jair Alexander, both figure to be top picks um, in the first round of the draft tonight. You can look on all these different mock drafts and see, I, I mean, from top 10 to bottom of the first round for Lamar. Jair, anywhere from, I think it's like 20 to 32 um, are where people are projecting him to go. Either way, nights like this are good nights to be uh, a Louisville football coach and to be out on the road recruiting because you're going to see two of your guys get drafted in the first round, uh, which is huge for recruiting and for building the program and moving the program forward, but also big for these two guys uh, that are going to hear their names called. So, I am normally, and I can fully admit this, not right about most things I know. That's shocking, but true. So, last night, Dad and I are riding around together and talking about the NFL draft. And I said, because he asked me, you know, where do you think Lamar is going to go? And I said, well, it could be a number of places. I said... I think that he goes late in the first round, but if there's a run on quarterbacks, which a lot of the mock drafts, the latest ones coming out right before the draft, are kind of looking like there's going to be a run on quarterbacks at the beginning of the at the top end of the draft, which is going to cause people to trade up and panic um, to go and get a quarterback before they're gone. So, with that being said, I told him, you know, I think that. If that happens, then Lamar could be a you know top ten pick. Yep. Um, if not, then he's probably more in the projected range to that 13, 14, 15, somewhere around, maybe down into the twenties. You, you just never know at that point. So we're riding around talking about this. Um, we stop. I get on Twitter, and I see that Mark Sessler. Uh, of the NFL Network released his mock draft last night. His final, final mock draft. So, again, I am not typically right about a lot of things, but when I read this mock draft, dude, I, like, (laughs) was ready to get out of the car and just do a victory lap real quick. So this is Mark Sessler of the NFL Network, at Mark Sessler NFL. Uh, This is his mock draft. He's got the Browns taking Sam Darnold with the first pick, the Giants taking Saquon Barkley with the second pick, the Jets taking Baker Mayfield with the third pick, the Bills trading up from the Browns to take Josh Allen with the fourth pick, 
And then the Arizona Cardinals in a trade from the Broncos getting up to the fifth pick to take Josh Allen of Wyoming um, with that fifth pick. So within the first five picks, we have four quarterbacks according to this particular mock draft, which I think, Lewis, constitutes a run on quarterbacks in the first round. Sure. So, I mean, yeah, I feel go like ahead. that happens the majority of the time. Um, I guess more times than you'd think. Uh, oh, yeah. Just because quarterback has such a stigma attached to it, and every team feels like no matter who they have, unless you have one of the... Unless you have a uh, Manning or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you have one of the few Brady. greats, uh, um, you could always use a quarterback. Yeah. So I think that tends to be why that, that happens. But I don't... It's so hard to predict because it, it just takes one team to like you. And I know that's so cliche and that's what everyone says, but that's 100% accurate. It takes one team. And if one team likes you enough, then and they can snag you up. That is, and it is cliche, but you're right. I mean, that's, that's the complete and total truth. Um, so you've got that, that run on quarterbacks there early. Um, the Colts keep their spot and they draft Bradley Chubb. Um, from NC State, who terrorized Louisville um, with the sixth pick. The Packers then trade up with the Bucks to take that seventh pick and get Derwin James out of Florida State, who got torched by Louisville. Um, the Bears stay in their eighth spot and take uh, the offensive guard out of Notre Dame. And then the Patriots trade up with the 49ers to get that ninth pick and take Lamar, according to this particular mock draft. So that would be Lamar, the ninth pick in the draft, going to New England. Let me go ahead and clean up the vomit of imagining Lamar as a New England Patriot. But... That would be Lamar as a as the number ten or the number nine pick, a, a top ten pick in the draft. Um, and then we go a little bit further down in the draft to let's see where is it the twenty fourth pick, uh, the Carolina Panthers, according to this mock draft, would take Jair Alexander, um, which I do think would be a pretty good situation for him either that or the 28th pick with the Steelers um, because the Steelers do have a need at that position and not just because I want to see Jair Alexander as a Steeler but you know kind of selfish that way Um, but let's talk about this just for the sake of argument let's talk about this particular draft and Lamar Jackson being a New England Patriot I not just for the fact that it's the Patriots but for the fact of Lamar Jackson and his development, I hate, hate this landing spot for him. I absolutely hate it because when I think of coaches that can bend and mold their scheme around a certain guy and can kind of change things and, and, and roll with it, Bill Belichick is not the kind of guy that I think of that can do that. Um, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like Nick Saban. If Nick Saban were given a dual threat quarterback, like he would, he would not know what to do with him. I feel like it's going to be the, it would be the same thing with Bill Belichick because it's just, 
of all the coaches in the NFL, Belichick seems like the guy that it's it's his way or it's no way. And if you don't like it, here's the door. You can leave. And then I'll go draft some three-star um, kid that was coming out of high school, went to college uh, at some small college, and I'll go draft him in the fifth or sixth round, and then I'll make him a pro bowler. But he's going to do exactly what I want him to do because he fits my system. I just... <laughs> I don't. I don't like the pick. I, I, I anywhere but New England for me. Anywhere but New England. I mean, yeah, I think that's most people's, you know, because New England is the villain of the NFL. Um, but at the same time, I was saying this to a buddy at work. It says something about Lamar and about people overlooking him that one of the best, whether we want to admit it or not, or like it or not, I guess we should say most people do admit it that one of the best minds in in the NFL wants Lamar and thinks of him uh, highly enough to draft him in the first round, at, you know, in top 10, that has to mean something and everyone else is really missing out. Oh, I, I can see that side of it, but I have said this from the very beginning of this whole process with Lamar and going pro and, and everything and, and through the evaluations and all of that, Lamar Jackson has the tools to be a franchise quarterback and a Pro Bowl-type quarterback. But he has to be in a system that is going to cater to what he does really well. Am I saying that he's got to be in a... um, a a pro-style system that uses a lot of the... um, you know the the play action pass and and um, the the handoffs and and the the quarterback run game and all of that. No, you don't have to completely reinvent your offense um, because Lamar still needs to still has some things that he needs to work on as far as accuracy and in hitting guys deep downfield and and um, putting the right you know touch he throws, on. He hopes. Do what? When he throws, he hopes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's out of all of the stupid things that we've heard in this whole process. That may be one of the dumbest comments that I've ever that, heard. That's a tough. That's a tough thing to top that list because there have been some pretty dumb things yeah. that have been said about Lamar. Yeah, like Bill Polian and his thinking Lamar needed to be a wide receiver. That was. That was well, the stupidest I mean, him thing. and else. Yeah, that was so stupid. Um. But he does have room to improve. He's got to put some touch on those short, intermediate passes um, instead of just rifling the ball in there to wide receivers. But you you can't try to take Lamar Jackson and put him in a Peyton Manning-style offense and expect him to, to do well. You've got to be able to, to mold your offense and to mix things in that are going to make him successful. And if he can be with a team and an offensive coordinator and a head coach that are willing to do that, then he's going to be successful. If you put him somewhere and you think you can change him, then then he's not going to be successful. And that's what I fear with the Patriots. If I were in a perfect world, Lamar would go either – to the Saints, to 
Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Those would be my three. The Saints, Kansas City, or Pittsburgh would be the three best places, I think, for Lamar to go to. Uh, because they've got great offensive minds, um, and they've got head coaches that are willing to change things and and mold their offense. I mean, could you imagine Lamar sitting behind a guy like Drew Brees and learning from a head coach like Sean Payton with the Saints? I mean, that, to me, feels like a really good situation for him. So, yeah, yeah, I've definitely seen that put out a lot. I, I don't think I know enough about the Saints. Um, well, even I if you don't like go ahead, have been successful in a long time. So, I mean, I guess that's not completely accurate, but it just seems like they kind of dropped off. So I don't know if not that he needs to go to like an all star team. But I mean, I guess working behind Drew Brees would be the big draw there. Yeah, and that's what that's what I was going to follow up with was even if you don't know you know a whole lot about the Saints and just and the organization you know enough about Drew Brees to know the type of quarterback the style of quarterback that Drew Brees is and his unique skill set I think is very similar to what Lamar brings to the table and for Lamar to to have a guy like that to learn behind especially I mean, when Drew Brees was coming out of Purdue, nobody thought that he he was not the prototypical quarterback. Um, right. And Lamar is, you know, not the prototypical quarterback. So to have that, to have that guy to learn from, I think would be huge for him. Um, and as, <laughs> as concerned as we are about the landing spot for Lamar, I'm less concerned about the landing spot for Jair because I think that he is just... He's going to succeed no matter where he goes. Exactly. No doubt about that. Exactly. He is going to be a a game changer, a dynamic player, playmaker, no matter where he goes. I mean, you saw it. If, If you question, you know, how good Jair can be, go back and watch the film from this season. When Jair was on the field, Louisville was a different team defensively. When he was off the field, they were a mess. And, and he was injured half the the majority of the year as exactly. well. Exactly. So. Exactly. He is going to be somebody that's going to be able to come in right now and impact a football team. I mean, I, I keep going back to this the Steelers. If they could line up Jair Alexander on the other side of the field from Artie Burns, I mean – that automatically makes the Steelers' pass defense exponentially better than what they were last year. So, I I don't know. I It's going to be a fun draft. It's going to be an interesting draft. There's going to be a lot of moving around. Um, and it's going to be... I, I enjoy watching the draft, I think, more than, than most people probably do. Um because like I will watch, I won't just watch the first round. I will watch the second round and probably the third round too. Well, we've had some very entertaining drafts here recently with some of the the things that have come out before the draft. Like, um, who was that that one year? Um, oh, what was his name? Oh, are you talking about the guy I from did. Ole Miss? 
with the with yeah. the bong and everything. Yes, with the bong mask. Yes, thing. like it, it's kind of it's kind of a train wreck. What do you think of the Josh Allen stuff that came out today? I didn't see it. <sighs> Josh Allen what was it? Uh, apparently posted back in high school um, some racially insensitive tweets. Um, or yeah as like a go ahead and like go ahead and google that while we're while we're talking um because then i'll i'll move on to something else and we'll come back to it but i want you to i want you to look that up um because that came out this morning uh late last night and then early this morning it really got traction um with the comments and the things that he said but you're right. I mean, we have had some really entertaining drafts these past couple of seasons. Uh, this one going to be really entertaining because you really don't know where guys are going to go, uh, what teams are really thinking right now, because a couple of things going one way or another in the first couple of picks can totally change uh, the scenarios for teams moving forward. Just like if there is this run on quarterbacks, then guys that were projected to go really soon in the draft, uh, other position players, then they start sliding. Then teams that didn't think they'd have a chance at some of these guys end up having a chance at some of these guys. Like if for whatever reason the New York Giants decide to go quarterback instead of taking Saquon Barkley, which I think would be st- Stupid to do that um, because Barkley is just such a next level talent that you have to take him if you have the chance. But say the Giants decide to go quarterback, then there is going to be a team at either three, four, five, hell, maybe even six if three, four, and five are dead set on quarterbacks. Uh, or if the Broncos trade out of that fifth pick, there's going to be a team that didn't think they'd have a shot at Saquon Barkley that now has a shot at Saquon Barkley, and that totally changes who they had initially decided that they would pick uh, because now he's kind of in their lap. So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and, again, it all gets going at 8 o'clock tonight. Um, and, of course, we'll be, we'll be following it along uh, on Twitter and tweeting out and letting you guys know what is going on and uh, our reaction to this whole deal as well. Uh, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at the Breakdown UL. Um, you can also check us out at Taylor Lynch and at Lewis Metzinger. Um, Lewis, yesterday, oh, first of all, did you did you see the Josh Allen stuff? Yeah, I yeah. It, I mean it's definitely racist. I just I have such a weird thing about people bringing up things that kids did when they were kids. Yes. Um as racist as it may be because I said really stupid stuff when I was a kid and when I see my old stuff that I used to post on Facebook and stuff, I I can't imagine if people like if my, some something that had to do with my career depended on that. Like <laughs> I've considered deleting my Facebook just due to that because it's you, so bad, you know? You still say stupid stuff, and you're a grown man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no doubt. True. Retweet. Um, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, God, I, I'm just like you. If, if I... <laughs> I mean, you and I said some really stupid stuff when we were together as kids. Yes. We unfortunately have a lot of it on video. 
thanks to you on video (laughs) thanks to you you may want to get rid of any of that um as we continue to progress uh in age and in um career moves you don't like when i send you those random pictures oh my god we if you guys listening could see uh if the four of you could see our um texts between each other during the week um when lewis just decides to I mean, how do you even find them? Are you just, like, scrolling through your laptop, going through pictures, and then you just find a gem of us, like, in the midst of the hell of puberty and decide that you have to share that out? All of what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I get those those pictures. The the worst one... It has to be that video of you dancing. By far. (laughs) God. That may need to surface. That, no. No. Oh, my God. No. No. Never. That never needs to surface because that was cringeworthy. Um, no, that never needs to surface. Uh, yeah, never. Um, aside from that one, though, the waiting on the ice cream truck um, on my driveway. My mom likes to tweet that one every once or post that one every once in a while. That one is is awful. Um and what makes it even worse was we both thought that we looked good when in actuality I looked emaciated. Um, and I was just taller, whiter, and more emaciated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one was ugly too. Yeah, those things need to just – we need to just purge your laptop at some point and get rid of all of that because that's just – if that were ever to fall into the wrong hands. Ugh. Yeah, could you imagine going into like a job interview, like for a really important position, and the guy that's interviewing you is just like, so uh, I found this on Facebook. And you're like, oh God, no. I forgot the thing I... Is, I don't think I've ever posted anything like offensive to any specific type of person so that's that's the plus side so yeah that's true i mean i just wasn't like that as a kid but still just some of the stupid and like the spelling errors and like, ugh. <laughs> yeah you're going to talk about spelling errors dude because every time <laughs> you're on me worse than anything uh when it comes to spelling errors so yeah but you're also 28 38 40, I god i got uh, right? <laughs> yeah I actually have a terrible story um, about age. I was in the mall um, a couple of days ago, and Did you ever go to the mall—that's my first question. <laughs> the mall is a terrible, terrible place full of terrible, terrible children. <laughs> well, that is true. That is true. Um, but anyway, so I go to the mall, St. Matthews, and um, I'm in this particular store. And this kid comes up to me uh, who works at the store, you know, check on me and make sure, you know, I'm not shoplifting or anything. I I don't know. Right. Um, So we strike up a conversation. He is uh, going to go play a Division One FCS football um, at a local um, or a state university. An in-state university. There, we'll, we'll okay. go with that. Um, he graduated from my alma mater, Dupont Manual, mm-hmm. and we start, you know, talking about 
you know, what he did at manual and, you know, what, what he studied and what his major was and, and, uh, starts talking to me as well and, and, uh, asking me all these questions. And he says, uh, you know, when, when did you graduate? And I'm like, Oh God. Um, like, yeah, uh, years ago. <laughs> like, uh, 2012. He goes, Oh, okay, sir. Yeah, that's really cool. I said, uh, what? No, you don't have to. You don't have to call me, sir. Like, that's, no. Dude, please don't. Please, please, God, don't. Don't do that. Don't. Stop it. Um, yeah, he's like, yeah, I graduate this year, uh, and then I'm Gosh. going to play football, you know, next next season. I'm like, Ugh. I'm like, you were in the seventh grade when I graduated? Oh. <laughs> Trust me, I've been in college a hundred years. Like, well, that's true. It's all bad. <laughs> that's true. That I, we'll both be in college. Like, I'm not. God only knows when I'm graduating. We've had this conversation before. Like, I'm just gonna be in school forever. Um, and I've kind of accepted it, and, and now I can move past it because uh, I just know that that's that's my fate. I'm just gonna be in school forever. Um, while we're on this subject of things that really don't pertain to sports at all because we're on one of these rants that this has been like a, a normal thing for us lately on the show is just getting on these tangents about things that have nothing to do with sports um, and our listener numbers are actually up because of it so that makes sense just gonna let that go uh, and let that ride you tweeted something out the other day uh, that shook me to the core and made me question who you were and everything that I thought about you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you this platform here on our show to defend your statement. And it was, let me go back through your tweets real quick. Um, because I, I save most of them for ammunition for later. Um so let me go through your tweets and find this particular one in question. Here we go. This was from five days ago. When you live in Louisville, but think Thunder over Louisville and the Derby are ridiculously pointless events. That's at Lewis Metzinger on Twitter. Sir, defend yourself. Defend that statement because that is that is blasphemy, but I'm going to give you the opportunity to to defend your statement here. I think mainly because you caught a little heat. You caught a little a little heat on Twitter for it. Eh, I don't know. Mild I heat. Think my main thing is that I don't drink, so okay, and I don't have a problem with people that do drink, but. I just don't, like, enjoy drinking or enjoy being around people that are intoxicated. I think if I did, I would probably like Derby and like Thunder and have more fun. But it's like, I went to Thunder once. That was more than enough. I I accidentally turned a corner as a lady had her drawers on the floor and was taking a dump in the woods. (laughs) So that kind of ruined my whole childhood. And then... I, I've i seen fireworks a hundred times, so I don't need to see them again. And then, like, Derby is just... I don't... Who cares? It's horses running around a track for two minutes. Who cares? Honestly. 
I just don't get the horse racing hype. You are the most anti Louisvillian. Have you ever bet on a horse race? Let me ask you that. I mean, have you ever have you yeah. ever placed money on a horse race? Not like as a kid, yeah, like for fun, like not seriously. But ever. like as an adult, like have you? No, not as an adult. Absolutely, I would not waste my money on betting on a horse race, dude. I'd rather that's waste my money on other things. That's why you don't understand the the joy and the thrill of Derby. First of all, it is the one time of the year that the eyes of the entire nation are upon our great city for this historic event. Um, what do you mean? The, the nation's eyes have been on our great city for at least three years now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But this is for something good. Um, oh, okay. Clarification. And, and yes, and not the eyes of the FBI, but like the gotcha. eyes okay. of, the, of the nation. We're not talking FBI. No, Got we're it. not. No. Oh, God, no. No, we're not talking FBI. Um, but the eyes of the nation are upon us, and this great event, it's great pub for the city. Um, it brings tons of people and tourism dollars to well, the that's city. another thing. I don't like people at all and large crowds. Well, that's true. That's true. You don't. You don't really do crowds and people. Yeah, I'm not a crowds or a people kind of like social gathering kind of thing. Well, see, I'm not really big on crowds. Oh, stop. But I. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I, I. I don't dislike. Well, there are some people, but. For the most part, I I enjoy social settings. Let's let's go there. I enjoy social settings. Um, I enjoy what this two weeks in this city is like, uh, with the the Pegasus Parade and Thunder and Derby and all the other events that are kind of jammed in this two weeks. Um, anytime I meet anybody from out of town and they ask me where I'm from um, and I tell them Louisville they always they always say oh like the have you ever been to the Kentucky Derby I'm like oh well no if you live in Louisville most people in Louisville don't go to the Derby but um, I'm like if you're ever going to come and visit the city this is the two week time period to come and visit the city because of all of the stuff going on because this the energy and the atmosphere and, and everything um it's just different. It's just, it's a really cool time. But I get, I get your stance on it, and I do think if you if you actually bet on a horse race, uh, as an adult, you would get the. Even if you only did it one time, you would understand at least the adrenaline uh, behind that. Because there's nothing better than standing up in Millionaire's Row, after you just bet on this race, and then watching. Um, you're watching the horses come around the back stretch uh, and that final furlong and your horse is like right there or maybe you bet like a, a trifecta box so you've got three horses in the running and they're all kind of like right there by the finish line uh, that is that's excitement on a whole other level and I've actually won more at the track than I've ever won at the casino so I would much rather bet on horses than gamble in a casino any day. So, there's that. Uh, well, I'm proud of you for that. But casinos, horse racing, fireworks, it's just not my cup of tea. 
It's like I'd rather like shoot off fireworks in my backyard. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, and I, trust me, I enjoy, I enjoy doing that every Fourth of July. But uh, I don't know. It's just something. And if I, this is, I'm gonna say this in an attempt to not sound as bad as it's actually going to sound. Okay. So bear with me. If I had to watch Fourth of July like or Fourth of July, if I had to watch Thunder like most people have to watch Thunder, I would probably not enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, you're Mister like executive like bridge privileges <laughs> over here. Yeah, so I can't. I, I, I watch Thunder from the bridge. Uh, I Go sit, to the Great Lawn and and sit amongst the the smellies yeah, and let me know. See, I I don't know if I could do that. Um, okay, so we're talking about two different things. We're talking about all-access executive uh, <laughs> presidential suite um, experiences at Thunder versus the commoner's experience, the layman's experience, if you will. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is this is how you feel about Thunder, just like in a nutshell. Honestly, I'd rather dry hump a trash can. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It never gets old, man. And I always and just find sure new ways to use it. People at Thunder dry hump a trash can. They, so. they probably do. They, you're... You know what was interesting, though? I heard the, this fact that this year, I think only two people got arrested. Yes. Two, which is insane. Look at you, Louisville. I hear us. Look at look at us. We just save all of our crime and officer-involved shooting for after Thunder. Yeah. Or we just get the FBI involved whenever possible. So <sighs> Zing. There you go. Um, so speaking of FBI and getting involved in investigations and all of that kind of stuff, the, uh, NCAA's Commission on College Basketball, let me see exactly what they're called, um, Let's see here. The, yeah, the commission. A waste of time and money. Yeah, yes. Yep. Yes. Right. right. Uh, Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice uh, represented the Commission on College Basketball's sweeping recommendations for reforming a sport weighed down by corruption. NCAA leaders yep. set in motion the process for turning those ideas into a reality. Uh, this is an article. From the Associated Press, um, says the NCAA Board of Governors, a group of 16 university presidents and the association's highest ranking body, unanimously endorsed all of the commission's recommendations on Wednesday. Now it's up to the various subcommittees, working groups, and college administrators to dig into a mountain of work over the next three months as the NCAA attempts to change NBA draft rules, create a new enforcement body, toughen penalties for rules violations, revamp summer recruiting, and certify agents, uh, all while trying to get buy-in from organizations that might not be motivated to help. Uh, you can read the whole 60-page document uh, on this Associated Press article, uh, but I'll go through and give you some of like the bullet points. Uh, they obviously talk about the one and done. The commission uh, emphasized the need for elite players to have more options when choosing between college and professional basketball and to separate the two tracks. The commission called for the NBA and its Players Association to change rules requiring players to be at least 19 years old and a year removed from graduating high school to be draft eligible. The one and done rule was implemented in 2006 despite the success of straight to high school stars 
like LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett. I'm confident they are going to be very supportive, Emirates said, uh, of the NBA and the NBA PA. The NBA and the Players Union praised the recommendation on enforcement and expressed concerns about youth basketball on draft eligibility rules. However, there was no commitment. Uh, the NBA and the NBA PA will continue to assess them in the uh, in order to promote the best interest of the players and the game. The commission did, however, say if the NBA and the NBA PA refused to change their rules in time for the next basketball season, they would reconvene and consider other options for the NCAA, such as, and this one just, my mind exploded when I read this, making freshmen ineligible or locking a scholarship for three or four years if the recipient recipient leaves the program after a single year one and done has to go one way or another rice told the ap before we even go any further lewis after hearing that yes i agree one and done needs to go um, it's the NBA's rule, though. Like, a lot of people get confused. It's not a, it's not right. the NCAA. It's the NBA. Right. Where do you think this this goes? I mean, do you foresee the NBA, you know, doing away with the one and done and allowing high school guys to go ahead and come in? Um, or do you think that they will keep the one and done rule? I think the only way they do away with it, or the only reason they do away with it, is to help boost the G League. Yes. They're trying to promote. Um, because then guys will come straight out of high school and they will not go straight to the NBA. They will go straight to the G League. And then the G League will have the most exciting players and all that kind of stuff that it's, you know, lacking right now. So, because um, all, all the best players play in, in the actual. I guess not the best players is how I should say it. I should probably say guys that are have a lot of hype coming out of high school. Yes. And see, I think that if that's the route that we that we go with this, then the NBA has to invest even more money into the G League to make it a true minor league system uh, for the NBA because – if you if you don't do that, then are you really enticing kids to forego college and come into a crappy system if it's not going to have the financial backing and the support uh, that it needs? I mean, I mean, I don't know about you, but makes sense. If I was if I was seventeen years old and or even younger, uh, six years old. 17 years old and someone said hey you can skip going to college boring classes yuck and you can go straight to the g league and make thirty-five thousand dollars a year uh, i would do it immediately yeah i mean i i don't i don't disagree with that but i think that you you have to continue to invest in the g league and make it a viable to continue to keep it a viable option um because if it's just, I don't know. I mean, look at the look at minor league baseball. Look at AAA baseball. Um, sure. And what AAA baseball has done to actually 
make it an event, make it something that people pay money um, and buy season tickets to go to. I mean, people buy season tickets to go watch the Bats play. Um, the Bats have really good crowds most nights, um, even though they're... Yeah, but you're talking about AAA baseball. I mean, you got to consider all forms of minor league baseball, like single A. Think about single A. Well, I know, but it, I mean, if you're if the if you're gonna have the G League and you're gonna make it into like a minor league, a true minor league system, then I would think you would want it to reflect like the highest level of minor league, which is like AAA baseball, is what I mean. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, so like if you if you wanna if you wanna do that, then you have to do it to the best of the ability, and that is to make it um, make it an event, bring it to larger markets. Um, bring a G League team to Louisville. Uh, let Louisville have minor league basketball. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I just think you have to you have to invest into it and make it a more attractive uh, option, aside from the money, uh, than it already is. Um, because we know in college basketball, uh, the money's being thrown around. So it's got to be about oh, more than the money. There. It's, it's got to be about more than money. Um, so they also they move on from that. Uh, they talk about enforcement. Uh, the commission recommended harsher penalties for rule breakers and that the NCAA outsource the investigation and adjudication of the most serious infractions cases. Yes, uh, level one violations would be punishable with up to a five-year postseason ban and the forfeiture of all postseason revenue from the time of the ban, that could be worth tens of millions to major conference schools. Uh, by comparison, recent level one infractions cases involving you-know-who, <clears throat> us, and Syracuse basketball resulted in postseason bans of one year. Instead of a show-cause order, uh, which are meant to limit a coach's ability to work in college sports after breaking in the a rule, the report called for lifetime bans. So, I, for one, am totally on board with this idea of the NCAA outsourcing their investigations and adjudications because they have proven over the last, you know, X amount of years, they have no idea how to do this. So, if they want to give it to an outside source and let them do the investigating and let them do the adjudication, I think it's not only better for the NCAA and for their, um, you know, for them to save face, but I think it's also going to be better for the institutions uh, that are being investigated um, and being handed down punishments because they're probably going to make more sense than the crap that the NCAA is handing down to us. Yeah, I just don't think the NCAA has enough manpower to do all, to handle all of the different issues. I mean, they're dealing with everything from, um, you know, someone gave, you know, um, a women's volleyball player, um, you know, a, a free uh, chicken sandwich right. to um, strippers in the dorms and uh, decades of academic fraud. So... I just don't think they have enough manpower to handle it all, and I don't think they should. Um, you know, I think we're both kind of in the same boat where we don't even really think the NCAA itself should exist, um, yeah. because at least not in its current state, because it's um, miserably ineffective. Yeah. Um, so, 
Hopefully, I saw someone, someone tweet. I can't remember who it was, but someone tweeted like, "The NCA has done an excellent job today of again proving that it, it's completely incompetent and should be dissolved." And I was like, "Yeah, pretty much." So. It's true. It's true. I mean, so I'm I'm all for that. Now, the part that scares me and the part that other people have drawn attention to is this five year postseason ban. Um, yeah, that that's a. I wonder if that's something that is can be enforced soon well (laughs) yes and that's the that's the thought process i mean if they wanted uh, they're going to work on these things in the next three months uh the idea is to have something resolved before the start of the next basketball season so in theory i mean if there were rule changes sweeping rule changes and stuff if you can, first of all, if the NCAA can get anything done in the course of three months, I will be shocked. Um, but if that is truly where they're headed and where their their mindset is, if they could get this done in the next three months and get these rules pushed through and these changes pushed through, then to answer your question, and I know where you're going with this, yes, this is something that Louisville would need to be afraid of and leery of. I don't know if a five-year postseason ban would make it through the voting different areas that have to vote on stuff like this uh, because I can't imagine, you know, especially in this climate right now, presidents and athletic directors approving a five-year postseason ban, um, especially with college basketball. I just don't – I don't see that happening. I don't see that getting pushed through. Um but it is worth I mean, the, the financial. Did you mention about um, how they wouldn't be able to have any other the money? Earned, yeah, the revenue either from like the yeah, the, the league and stuff. Yeah, like that would destroy a program like yeah, for you, five years of that. It's yeah, I mean, it would be better just to just cancel basketball for, you know, an extended period of time like that's. It's so detrimental to the to any program, especially smaller programs. Yeah, I that is one to to keep an eye on. Uh, I just don't see how that could could possibly possibly go through. Yeah. Uh, they also talked about agents. Uh, the commission proposed that the NCAA create a program for certifying agents and make them accessible to players from high school through their college careers. Um, okay, it kind of seems like Don't make them pros. you're just enabling the problem that already exists. Um, that one would be an interesting one to see how they, how they could do that. Um, and I was listening actually to Jason Anderson's show yesterday when all of this broke and uh, he had TJ Beisner on with him and TJ actually made a great point about the uh, individual universities hiring an agent um, or promoting somebody within the athletic department to serve as an agent uh, to work with these kids uh, and to kind of, you know, help them along and help them in their decision-making process um, but be, you know, sanctioned by the NCAA and paid by the university um, so that they don't have to worry about anything, any kind of outside issues and outside influence, um, which I do think would be would be a good idea and would be very helpful. Um, 
for not only for the universities but for the student athlete as well. Yeah, that's that's an interesting idea. I, I just think I think all of these things that they're suggesting, which they said they want to put the the student back into student athlete. I, I think all all of this is doing the exact opposite. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, there's two other things that they did mention. Um, before we kind of put a bow on this, uh, the AAU and summer leagues, the NCAA with the support of the NBA and USA basketball should run its own recruiting events for prospects during the summer, the commission said, and take a more serious approach to certifying events that it does not control. Uh, they also talk about apparel companies. The commission, <laughs> the commission also called for greater financial transparency from shoe and apparel companies such as Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas. Uh, these companies have extensive financial relationships with colleges and coaches worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and Adidas had two former executives charged by federal prosecutors in New York in the corruption case. Um, okay, so let's 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 attack both of these here with the AAU and summer leagues. Uh, I agree. I think the NCAA needs to have some control over AAU and summer league. Um, I think AAU and summer league flip the NCAA, the bird on this one though. Um, and tell them, you know, they can go kick rocks if they think they're going to take a portion of the money that they're making, um, to try to call these events their own. So it's a good idea in theory, but when you actually look at what they're going to have to go through in order to to make something like that happen, mm, I don't know. I do think the NCAA needs to set up its own events um, for prospects. I think that that would cut down on some of this funneling of money and corruption um, and that sort of thing. And as far as the apparel companies go, if I'm Nike and Under Armour and Adidas, I'm looking at the NCAA going um, – what exactly do I owe you? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know you a damn thing. I don't have to tell you anything. Um, yeah. I don't have to be transparent with you. Uh, my deal isn't with you. My deal is with the individual universities. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can go beat sand or whatever. So. Yeah, that's an expression for sure. <laughs> yeah. Go pound sand. Sorry, go pound sand. Um. What do you? I, you and I have talked about AAU and that mess in and of itself. Um, what do you think needs to change with 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 AAU and and with the summer leagues? Um, it, it's really sticky because uh, it, there's so many moving pieces and so many uh, like quote unquote handlers. Exactly. That it's just so hard. I don't know how you police all of that. It's it's insane even to think about, about really. So I don't know what they do about it. I, I, you would have to basically take over um, as the NCAA. And that's such a – you know how many like different leagues there are and how many different events that take place and how many different locations? Like you, they think they have a lot on their plate right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a whole other ballgame. So I don't know – I don't know how you police something like that. It, it's – I don't think you can. I think you either get rid of it completely or you just let it be. It's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of months um, because the NCAA is is backing 
Uh, I mean, they say it here that you unanimously endorsed the commission's recommendations on Wednesday. Um, I think the first and maybe the most important part of this is the one and done. And, yeah. and what happens with that rule and how that changes college basketball moving forward. And my concern is, is this going to, for lack of a better word, water down the product that we get in college basketball? If oh, I the, think there's no doubt it will. If the top prod, if the top prospects are going right to the NBA, is that good for them? Yes, it's it's completely good for them. Is it better for the university in a sense? Yeah, probably, um, because you're not wasting the money, wasting the time academically uh, on somebody that's only going to be there for a couple months, but. I think as far as college basketball and viewership and I mean ESPN is going to have a stroke if this thing yeah. goes through um, because now are all of the best prospects going to go straight to the league? No, probably not. There's there's going to be some uh, that are still going to stay in college uh, for whatever reason but I do think that that the product in college basketball is probably going to take a hit. Um, but I do think that if this does happen, then you're going to see more schools like Loyola Chicago in the final four than you're currently seeing now, because it will yeah. do something to level the playing field in college basketball to an extent. I mean, yeah, you're definitely not wrong. I, I, I don't know. I kind of, like it and i think the reason i like it is because it would mess with kentucky so bad um and i guess that's a bad reason to like something um no no it's not it's not at all it's not a bad reason at all but yeah i mean it would mess with kentucky it would mess with duke and and it would it, it would even the playing field a little bit and I, I think that's a good thing um i honestly think it's good all the way around other than us missing out on the once-in-a-lifetime type guys that we did get to watch in college. I guess that's the only difference. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have, you know, you, you wouldn't see Anthony Davis. Um, you wouldn't see Carl Anthony Towns. And, of course, I'm just naming um, Kentucky players at this point because, I mean, that's when you think of the one and done, that's what you think I mean, of Jaleel Okafor Jaleel Okafor there you go um the, the dude with the puffy hair that plays for Miami um <laughs> wait he played for Duke uh, I love this the dude with the puffy hair you know who I'm talking about um played for Duke plays for the heat he's a beast uh, you got me on that one bud wow how do I not know I don't know. You got me on that one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he was a beast, but <laughs> with the puffy hair, absolute yeah. beast with the puffy hair. So yeah, um, that's gonna be fun to follow. We will see kind of where that goes. Again, they're they're gonna start working on this stuff in the next three months. Um, air and, quotes. Yeah, yeah. Again, if the NCAA can get anything done in three months, um, I will be shocked 
incredibly shocked. Um, so yeah, did uh, did we miss anything tonight? Anything you want to get off your chest before we before we sign off? Um, I just want to say something to all of you NFL teams out there that are going to pass on Lamar. Y'all are missing out on something great. That is true, my man. I couldn't agree with you more on that one. And you are a fool for thinking that he should play wide receiver because clearly you have not watched a minute of film. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. Um, NFL draft tonight, 8 o'clock. Uh, ESPN and Fox. Uh, Louisville baseball this weekend. Uh, out of conference, three-game series with Indiana State uh, starting on Friday night at 6 o'clock, Saturday at 1, Sunday at 1 at Jim Patterson Stadium. Uh, go check out the cards uh, this weekend. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Guys, make sure you share the podcast out. Let everybody hear what's going on. And we will talk to you guys next Thursday night, same time, same place. Uh, peace out. Have a great weekend and go cards. Yeah, I'll throw this truck in gear. I don't need a tomorrow. I just need a tonight.